Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. God, you wouldn't put a milk bottle out that day, would you? Oh, it's ferocious. The rain, the cold, the sleet, the snow, you name it. We ain't had snow in this neck of the woods, to be honest, which is still somewhere else. But uh, anybody with snow in their vicinity out there listening to us this afternoon in the northeast if you have you might whatsapp us in a little picture of your snowbound area or back garden front garden or home or whatever 086 658 by whatsapp or text i'd love to see them any snow about in the northeast pop us in a pic we'd love to have a look at it anyway it's a tough old forecast today but sit back next couple of hours and put the kettle on cup of tea cup of coffee and uh, enjoy late lunch this afternoon. Again, you're very welcome to the show. I begin today uh, with a very good friend of ours and it's a while since I've spoken to her and she's waiting for me on the line. She's playwright Deirdre Kinnahan and her new play will be staged at the National Theatre, well the Peacock Theatre in particular in the month of April. It's called An Old Song Half Forgotten and Deirdre, hello again, welcome to the show. Hi Jerry. how are you? Lovely to be back. Great to have you with us and we will have Brian Murray with us in a moment. Deirdre, this is a fascinating project. Tell our listeners the whole, you know, uh, premise behind it. Sure. Well, um, I mean, what happened was uh, Brian Murray, one of Ireland's best loved and best known actors, as you know, was touring the country with a production of mine, Halcyon Days. Uh, Himself and Una were playing the couple at the centre of the play. And um, he found that he was struggling with the performance and in particular remembering his lines. And he went to the doctor and he was given a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's. And uh, he was just absolutely devastated. And I was away in Paris at the time writing something and he got in touch to let me know that he'd have to um, pull out of the production, but they were going to recast. And in talking to him and talking to Uma, Una, his wife, I really got the sense of devastation around the diagnosis and the fact that, it, you know, he, he was looking into a future without theatre, a future without ever being on stage again. And I was just kind of broken hearted for him and really felt, God, what a talent. You know, do we really need to lose such a talent? So I met Brian and Una not long after and started chatting to them and proposed, could see that Brian was still, you know, really sparky and, and you know, the, the same man he always was, just with a new challenge, you know. And I just said, look, lads, 
maybe I could write you something that you could still perform even with the challenge of Alzheimer's. And um, so it kind of started from there and then Mushrooms. I got in touch with um, Meekent Council Arts Office, who I work with a lot, and Soft Productions, who are a television, film and theatre company, and with my friends at the Abbey and said, look, I really want to do this. I want to try and make a play that can be performed by an actor with Alzheimer's. I'm sure we can do it if you put the right scaffolding in place. And this is the idea I have. I have an idea that I want to write a play about an old man who is in a nursing home in the latter stages of Alzheimer's. But he has a letter that he wrote to himself early on. And in the letter, he uh, has memories from his life, really important moments and incidences in his life. And he reads it every day in order to inform him um, uh, who he is. And then the idea grew and I thought about music and the magical effect that music has on all of us, and particularly people with Alzheimer's. So I thought that maybe we could have a string quartet on stage with Brian. And as the string quartet plays certain pieces of music, it uh, you know fires moments of memory from, from, from the character's life. So it's a very funny, full play about a man, James O'Brien, who uh, grew up in Dublin and became an actor. And now he's at a point where, where his life is disappearing, disintegrating and fracturing on him. But kind of through the music and through this letter, he's able to rebuild it and rebuild a sense of himself. So, so, so that's the kind of corn, that's the play, the kernel of the play. And it's not Brian Murray playing Brian Murray. He's playing a character, but a character that is close to his experience and, and his life. So, um, so, so, so that's it, really. And we did a big development project last summer with the musicians and with Brian and with another brilliant young actor, Matthew Malone, who's going to play the character James's younger self, who kind of acts as a guide and uh, jumps in and starts performing scenes out of the the the, the actor's life. So, so it's great fun and it's very dynamic and it's very up on its feet. It's not a man sitting there reading a script. Uh, it works in all sorts of ways in order to meet the challenge of uh, Alzheimer's and short-term memory loss, but also allow for the great talent that Brian uh, holds and allow him to connect with an audience in a new way. It's simply brilliant, may I say, and you're just the most wonderful woman. You really are, and you just <laughs> keep coming up with these wonderful successes and I congratulate you on it. Just stay there, Deirdre, because you mentioned the wonderful talent of Brian Murray. Well, he's standing by with another wonderful talent. Talk about acting dynasties. Una Crawford, his wife, is with him and I'll say hello to them both now. Hi, folks. Hello. Hi, Brian. Great to talk to you. Oh, my God. I, I'm actually very nervous now. Brookside, The Bill, Irish RM, Fair City, Bread. I could keep reading this list for the next 10 minutes, Una. <laughs> I know, I know. It goes on and on and on. It's brilliant. And uh, I said yes. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but listen, you're talking about that wonderful woman that you're talking to there. She is a wonderful woman oh, because without her, this play wouldn't be happening. And when I first, when we first told her about uh, the diagnosis and she said to me, um, I'm going to write a play. And I thought, she hasn't heard what I said. Mm. He has dementia and he can't learn a line. And she said, no, no, no. He'll be able to read it. And it's just so exciting 
that it's, it's he's starting rehearsing on Monday and yeah. and it's it's brilliant. It's wonderful. And it's in my favourite theatre where I started off as a member of the Abbey Theatre Company, the Peacock. So I'm absolutely astounded and delighted. I can't wait to start it. And Brian, you know, as Deirdre said there, you are playing a character. You are not playing yourself. No, it's it's a version of me. Yes. <laughs> she, Deirdre has used some of Brian's stories. Yes. And so there are similarities without a doubt. But he is a character. Um, the name is different. The, the situations are different. It's just on occasion she has used stories from his life. Mm. And um, and that makes it very personal as well. Yes, yeah. and and Brian from from, from sorry, yeah, go ahead. Brian, from your perspective, uh, Una mentioned there that you read. Do you have? Will you have any other prompts? Will you have prompts in your ears that people will prompt you or that during the performance? I've had that before, and if, if it's necessary, yes, it works very well. But I think that it's going to be incorporated in the performance of having something, you know, like a, a, a newspaper or whatever it is. And, and you're you're reading the lines if you need to. Yes. And and may I say, uh, I know Dee mentioned him already. Um, Matthew is wonderful. And uh, when we had the the week last year, uh, when Brian had it, Matthew is almost a guide mm. where Brian is concerned. Mm. He guides him through it. And um, so, like he's as the story, he's guiding him through it. But physically, he's guiding him through it as well. So it makes it very exciting. Yes. And Brian, how exciting is this for you to be back on stage, as you said, where it all began for you and bringing something? This is quite unique, Brian. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the Peacock is is home for a young boy from the working classes who found himself as a member of mm. the Abbey Theatre Company. Mm. And, and with people like Frank Dermody and Tomas McConaughey and all of those people there, that's where I learned. That's where I learned the trade. You mm. know what I mean? Yes. And, and it was... It was a, a joy and it couldn't have been better for somebody like me. You know? mm. And Brian, how are you day to day? How do you feel you are yourself with your mind and your memory and in general terms in life with Una there? Um, it, some, some days it's worse than others and, and some days you don't hardly notice it at all. But all I can safely say is that without Una Crawford O'Brien, I don't know what state I'd be in. Oh. She's a miracle worker and she is so supportive and she's so brilliant. Oh, Brian Murray, you know how to uh, bring that the tears. Oh, you've just, you're breaking hearts, Brian Murray, again, all over the place. <laughs> well, then I'll say she's a terrible L one, really. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're winning, you're winning, Brian. You have to remember he's a plum horse. Ah, he's just lovely. He is he is he is one of the darlings of, you know, your profession in this country and always will be. But listen, Brian, you're ahead there. Don't 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 ruin it. You're ahead. Your 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 points up there for sure. But Una, in in a in a practical sense, AJ, and and the reality is he depends a lot on you. Yes, he does. Oh, he does. I'm his short-term memory because his short-term memory is completely gone. Mm. Uh, long-term is no problem, but short-term is. Um, what we did this morning, what we do this afternoon, they're all questions. They're all questions in his head, mm. and uh, and I have to cope with them. Mm. Um, and it's, it, it has changed our lives in that, in that mm-hmm. respect because uh, he lives in the moment, I would say, most of the time, and uh, I'm thinking ahead all the time. Yes. And, and that's kind of part of the magic, Terry. Sorry, sorry. Come on, Terry. Yeah. There, you know, just in terms. I mean, Brian and Una, fabulous, vigorous, talented, 
warm uh, and wonderful uh, couple and so honest and so brave and so courageous. You know, even to enter into an artistic um, process like this, it shows the true artistry of the pair because, you know, uh, no matter what scaffolds we put in, and we will have, you know, extraordinary support within the production, you know, uh, for Brian, and hopefully in a manner that when the audience sitting out in the auditorium looking at us won't even notice, you know, the fact that every beat of the play, every line in it, every switch, every move, every forward push is designed so that the character of James O'Brien, as played by Brian, is kind of led and moved and turned into these shifts in the in the production. So, so he doesn't have to lead in any way because that's not possible given the diagnosis. But but still, for a man to kind of, you know, let the curtains go up, sit, you know, stand in front of an audience of people with, with no sense of what's ahead because of the dementia, but to have that trust and that talent and that courage and that joy in performance, you know, to, to, to take that on and to step into it. I don't think it's ever been done before. And uh, I'm just so uh, in admiration and uh, and so grateful and feel so privileged to, to, to be allowed to try and make something like this happen. But it couldn't happen if it wasn't for Brian and Una, who's been an extraordinary part of this process to date. She's not actually in the play, but she's been a huge part of the writing, the production, the planning, and will be there with us throughout rehearsal and performance. It is absolutely groundbreaking. There is no doubt about that. Brian Murray, groundbreaking at your young (laughs) age. Isn't it wonderful? Well, groundbreaking sounds fantastic. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it gives you a, a shiver down your spine, really, a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Can I can I just say the play itself is wonderful. Oh yeah, Theatre has done a beautiful job. It's funny and it's emotional, but it's not sentimental, and uh, and that's what's brilliant about it. Mm. And the music is fantastic. So, but we're so excited. I'm not in it, and I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh as, as, uh, you know, as Deirdre Kinnan, yeah, as Deirdre Kinnan said a moment ago, uh, we get it. We, we, you're like two children there. The excitement is coming across on the airwaves yeah, today. Yeah. We feel it. We feel it, Una. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I missed that little bit. Yeah, no, we feel both of your excitement. You know, with this, you're like little kids again, going on stage for the first time. <laughs> but you see. The thing you have to remember about Brian has Alzheimer's, so he does forget about the play, mm. and he has to be reminded about it. Mm. And and that's the reality. And when he, when he remembers, he's so excited about it, and yes. can't wait to get in, but he does forget it. It's yeah. happening as well. Mm. So, and that's reality. How, how how will you um, you know manage? Of course, it because for yourselves, you know, it's a big ask as well. Rehearsals start next week, and then you go into the play itself in April. You know that is uh, physically and mentally challenging, challenging as well. Yes, um, we just plan ahead. Um, I'm a good one for planning now, mm. and um, and that's the main thing. And I have there's a blackboard in the kitchen that I'm looking at, and we have the rehearsal times written down for next week. There's a whiteboard up in the bedroom uh, that has all the rehearsal times on it. 
Um, and to make it as, as simple and straightforward as possible, because that's what Brian needs. Yes. Just to go in, to do his rehearsal, he'll have his pencil sharpened and he'll have, you know, he'll be in there and he'll be writing down his instructions and he's excited and I am excited for him as well. It's great. And Brian, are you ready for the adulation again, this groundbreaking aspect of this, that you're going to be, you know, in demand, people will want to talk to you, you're going to grab the headlines, you're all set for that. So you're well used to it, Brian. Well, yeah, well, it's part of the gig, isn't it, being an actor, I'm afraid. But the, the main thing is, is actually the excitement of going into the Peacock, as I said, yeah. and starting with a new play, with people who haven't seen the play before, and looking out at, at them all, and, and, and secretly thinking to yourself, I hope they like it. Mm, oh, like it. Love it, Brian Murray. Love it, Una Crawford O'Brien. That's the <laughs> words we're going to be hearing over the coming weeks. Deirdre, just before we finish, when does the run start and how long is it for? Sure. We go into rehearsal next week, the 13th of March, uh, at the Abbey, and then it starts previewing from the 14th of April, opens on the 20th of April through to the 5th of May. So it's a short enough run because we want to mind, you know, Brian's energy levels mm. and that. But uh, that's the plan at the moment. And and just really to give fair due to, um, there's a huge team behind this. Uh, our, you know, Natasha Duffy and Soft Productions, Louise Lowe, our director, the Abbey Theatre and the Alzheimer's Society have engaged. And there's a magic team of creatives around it. And everybody's so aware of the challenges that Brian faces. And everybody has taken it on with such gusto and such heart. And everything from the design and the beautiful music as written by Paul Frost specifically for this production. It all just kind of sings and melds in order to allow Brian's talent to, to, to roar across that stage again and for him and an audience to enjoy it and to say, you know, life is life. Even with Alzheimer's, life is life. The man is still there, the talent is still there and, and we can all revel in it. Brian? Yeah, that's a great line, I was right. But she's brilliant with great lines. That's why she's such a great playwright. <laughs> ah, absolutely. But, but I have to say, the, the Abbey have been terrific as well yeah. because mm. we feel secure going in next week. Yeah. They yes. have been so reassuring and assuring to us and we know that it's a huge backup team and we know we can fall back on them at any time. Absolutely. An old and song. You know, yes. Yeah. Go on, go on, Brian. And, and, and you know, there'll be an emotional thing as well when I go back into the Abbey and particularly go upstairs to the to the rehearsal room on the very top that, that, people, that you look out on, yeah. on, on the street. And going back there and the, the ghosts, that would be all around me with Frank Dermody and uh, all of the people that I mentioned, and um, that that it, it it gives me a little tingle down my spine, which is which is not a bad thing, which is a good thing for an actor because you've got another little piece of, of of explosion down your spine, and you go out onto the stage and whack, there it is. Always the true, brilliant professional. The play is called An Old Song Half Forgotten. Opens on the 20th of April, previews the week before uh, at the National Theatre and runs to the 5th of May. It's simply brilliant. Deirdre Kinahan, congratulations. Brian Murray and Una Crawford O'Brien, it's been my pleasure to chat to you all today. I am just bowled over. Best of luck with everything. Thanks Thanks so much. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't that just... A story and a half, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant. It really is. It's so touching. Well done to Deirdre Kinahan. She is such, such a talent and we wish them all well again.
Moving on on late lunch this afternoon, I'm looking forward to catching up with my next guest. He is the founder of Horseware. Yes, he sold his majority stake in 2021, but there's a lot more strings to this man's bow for sure. And uh, he's on the line waiting to have a chat with me. Tom McGuinness, hello again. Jerry, can you hear me, friend? I have you loud and clear there. Thanks for taking the call. Good man yourself. Well, listen, I I want to tell listeners, the reason we are talking today, you brought out this series of little books called The No-Brainer Guides. I have two of them here. You have The No-Brainer Guide to the Gospel, to the End of the World as We Know It, to Happiness and to Business. I have two of them, Tom. I'll have to get the rest of them. Anyway, what's the story behind these wee books? Well, originally uh, in my 20s, I actually uh, dropped out of college and was a missionary for eight years. I spent five years in South America. And um, it was actually only when I came back to Ireland um, in about 70, um, or yeah, it'd be no, 79, let's say, um, that I got involved in the, lo- in the family riding school. And that's when uh, I started thinking about doing business. Mm. Uh, but until then, I was very much focused on the gospel. I mean, I was brought up as normal, a young person at that, at that age when, you know, there was the altar boy, the Legion of Mary, the whole nine yards. Eventually became uh, disillusioned with it all. So I started asking questions and, and, and searching for, for um, you know, truth. Mm. And eventually I found that actually Jesus does exist and he is real and he's been with me. I mean... I invited him to come into my heart in '97, and um, probably was '71. Um, mm. And you know, he's never—I've never been alone since. I've—I've I've had, uh, I've had his company, his um, fellowship, his advice, his provision, his protection for all those years. So uh, when I when I, I wrote this book, the first book there about the gospel, back in the '90s. Mm. But actually, building a business like horseware is, it takes <laughs> it takes a bit of your time, you know. It's, it's so uh, when I kind of semi-retired last year or in two thousand and and one, I decided well, it's time to uh, get the finger out and uh, get on with it and promote these books. Now I had I had also written another one about them, about what the Bible says about the end of the world or the the end of this world, and mm. um, as we know it. And I wrote that back in 2000 because everyone was freaking out about the Y2K thing. I wrote the one about happiness about five years ago because I was just really fed up listening to people, you know, complaining and their life so bad and everyone was so unhappy and there was no reason for it. Like, so I wrote that one about happiness because happiness is a is a is a is a, is a spiritual and a psychological thing. Mm. It's both. Mm. And, and that's th- th- that's the book I want to concentrate on because we could go all over the place and we'll get lost to it. Let's talk about yeah. happiness for a minute because you're so right. And it, it hasn't changed, Tom, when you think about today and this world that we're in and all that's going on in it. You know, you're a very, you, you say it yourself, you're a content man, you're a happy man. What makes us happy? What's the key? What's the secret to happiness? Well, Well, happiness works on two levels. There's a, a psychological level and then there's, a, if you like, a, a psychometric or psycho-spiritual level. So on the psychological level, there's there's rules. There's rules, absolutely simple rules you can follow and you will be more happy than if you don't follow. Come on. Grateful. come on, come on, come on. Yes, go on. If, you, if you're grateful, you'll be more happy. 
Mm. If you're healthy, you'll be more happy. If you exercise, you'll be more happy. If you get a good night's sleep, you'll be more happy. If you know how to treat your 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 neighbours and your fellow workers, and you know how to control your tongue, you'll be more happy. So there's simple things that are really that aren't maybe they're reconnected religion, but they don't do religion. There's just rules. However, if you then you know are able to plug into the power of the universe of the of the spirit uh, and supercharge those rules, well then you'll be even more happy because you'll have a, you'll have energy because a lot of we run out of energy and that's what fails us. So I mean the bottom line is there's very simple rules and those rules work for everyone just like the rain falls on the good and the bad and the sun shines for the for the for the good and the bad you know god is not a he doesn't discriminate he, he sends his blessings to everybody it's up to us what we do with them so i can understand the psychological end of things and all those things you mentioned there for sure and uh, they you know will help you get to the point of 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 happiness but but on on the other side that you just mentioned there now that spiritual end of things tell me more about tell us more about that how can we plug into that well it's actually very easy jesus said unless you receive the kingdom of god as little child you cannot enter into it so it can't be complicated in my case I mean, I uh, was an agnostic, I suppose. And someone challenged me one day and said, well, do you think things would be different if Jesus was here? And I said, well, sure, if Jesus really existed. Of course, things would be different. I said, but how the hell can I know? So he says, well, look, look at this. says in the Bible, says here, Jesus is talking. He's saying, behold, I'm at the door and I'm knocking. Anyone who lets me in, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And at that moment, I realized this was the best deal I was going to ever get. Because I'd been arguing with people and reading books and, this, you know, attending lectures and all kinds of stuff for years. And no one was able to give me a black and white scenario. But here was a black and white scenario. Either Jesus existed. I just realized that moment. Either Jesus existed or he didn't. There was no, you know, there's no uh, in between here. He, he, Jesus is what he said he was or he's not. And I said, right, okay, Jesus, if you're there, come into my heart. I'm opening the door. This is your chance. Come and get me. I mean, I didn't, you know, it wasn't one of these things where I would have gotten down on my knees and had to do the sinner's prayer and all that kind of stuff. No, it was simply I authorized Jesus. I give him authority to come into my life if he was really there. And I didn't know for sure. But two hours later, I was trying to go to sleep. And next thing you know, just like that, I knew that Jesus was there. And, and I've never felt alone since that moment. I mean, I've been alone, but I've never felt lonely. And that is, see, that is, the, see, people say, they get, they're confused about religion. You know, there's, they think that the good and all, and that's bull. God wants to love you. God created you so that you could have fellowship with him. But he can't force you to do that. You have to accept that. That's got to be your desire. You have to open the door. And that's all people have to do. They don't have to repent. They don't have to be, you know, they just have to accept what Jesus did on the cross. That's what the cross was all about. That was to, it was to open the door for us to come back to the Garden of Eden. And God just wants, you know, like you said about Adam and Eve, that he used to walk, you know, he used to go down and talk to Adam every afternoon. He'd walk in the garden in the cool of the evening. And when, you know, that was all disrupted and broken, but there's a way back to that. And all you have to, all you have to do is ask. It's as simple as that. So it's free will. Everybody has the free will to do what they wish. And it's inevitable then from listening to what you're saying, Tom, that people will never invite Jesus in. And 
because of that, this world is in chaos. Well, I wouldn't say, no, well, well, let's put it this way. It says, ask and you shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. You have to be hungry. You have to be seeking for truth. A lot of people aren't seeking for truth. They're like, they're happy enough to go along. And that's one reason why they're so unhappy. Mm. They're just happy to go along with the flow and accept. But if you ask the question, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open to you. It's as simple as that. But it's not going to come along. Well, it might come along and slap you in the face, but you still have to open the door. And ever since you did that, your life has been completely transformed, you're telling me. Well, I was a young person. I was 20 years of age at the time. So, you know, my life was only starting. I was I didn't yeah. know, you know, one end from uh, one end of it from the other. Um, but I what I did know was that I didn't have a reason to get up in the morning. I didn't want to go, you know, I didn't, I came from, I had a good education, I came from a good family, you could have said, well, God, you're going to see you had everything. And, but the bottom line was that I could see that uh, movie. I knew where that was going. And I didn't want to necessarily be where those people were. I didn't see that as a fulfillment. So, I mean, this is, I suppose, part of my makeup. I have this questioning, um, this questioning kind of mentality. And I suppose that's what helped me in business as well, because I was able to ask the right question. And once you ask the right question, there's a good chance you might get the right answer. Mm. So, and I mean, today, you know, we have we have a huge falling away from faith today. And it's basically because people say, well, no, no, science has proved that God is, doesn't exist. And you, there's Darwin and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, Darwin died in uh, 1859 or something like that. I know more than Darwin. Darwin mm. was an idiot. If compared to me today, Darwin was a fool. Darwin didn't know anything about the Big Bang. He didn't know anything about DNA. He didn't know anything about the Cambrian explosion. He didn't know anything about the, the, the finely tuned universe we now have, which, which it was, if it was out of kilter in any way, the universe couldn't exist. Hmm. So, and people have this, so they're not searching. They've been told, ah, you don't need to, you don't need to look for God. God doesn't exist. This is a big accident. Well, science is now, you know, very much on the way to proving that that is, it's not the case that this is not an accident. So, I mean, it's it, people have got to want to, they've got to ask themselves, what am I doing here? Where am I going? Is there anything out there? And, you know, science is now coming back, if you like. It's the return of the, you know, mm. the proposition that's, that we, there is proof. I mean, this is something that I've only discovered now in the last, let's say, 12 months or so through, uh, you know, listening to YouTube and stuff like that and, 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 and lectures and that it's, I, my faith now is, 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 has, I have a double faith now because before I believed because I believed because I, I felt it because I, I just knew it. But now I believe in God because there's proof there. So people, you know, so you have to look for truth. You have to, people are just satisfied to drift along and that's not going to work. That doesn't, God made us with free will. That's why it means he, we are made in the image and likeness of God because we have free will, just like him. Just like him. The angels don't have free will like we have. Tom, if people listening to us today, you know, maybe broken in some way, they mightn't have a home, no job, their relationship could be in tatters, they have debts they can't service. Will inviting Jesus into their hearts and their lives help them? Well, let me, let me put it in two ways. Okay. Firstly, there's the kind of long view and then there's the immediate view and then there's the eternal view. 
I mean, people don't people don't get to that position all of a sudden. Hmm. You see, what happens in life is we we make decisions, and those decisions lead us on different paths, and we end up in different places. So it's how you. You know, so it's how you think and how you, you know, there's there's a this book written way back in the eighties, in the in the eighteen hundreds. Um, it's called "As a Man Thinketh, So Is He." So it talks about the way you think is the way you are. So, if you ask Jesus into your life, that's going to do two things. One is, it's going to change your the way you think. But it's a gradual changing. You see, the way you think is a process. That's driven by your consciousness, which is, and and what people I think don't understand is that we are a trinity. You you are your body, your meat, your heart, your lungs, your muscles, and then there's your mind, which is you know basically a kilo and a half of meat as well, and then there's your, there's your consciousness, which is not really your mind, which is not really your body. You know, so we're like a three. Now, if either one of those things, just like a computer, computer's got a hardware, it's got the operating system like Windows or DOS, mm. and it's got the programs that run it, like, um, you know, like Word, WhatsApp, whatever. Mm. Okay. So if either, if any one of those three things are out of whack, are out of sync, the thing isn't going to work right. So we're the same. We're body, we're mind, and we're consciousness, our spirit. So... But if you if you ask Jesus to come into your life, you if you think about this for a minute, if Jesus what he says he is and he, and, and it's the creator of the universe, the power of the universe, you will have access to resources and energy that you cannot access in any other way. Now people often say, Tom, Jesus, you did a great job that business. I'm a, I'm I'm a dumbass. I mean all all of my really good inventions, all of my great ideas came directly from the spirit. And creativity is, you know, the first name of God was creator. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the first, so if you're not creative, you have to ask the question, well then, do you really have God in your life? Because creativity, and yet the religious people seem to be the most uncreative of people. Mm. They're people who seem to cling to tradition, and they don't they don't want to let's say change or modify. Now you don't, there are certain things you don't want to change, but there's a lot of other things that do change because we change as you know we our mentality, the way we think, the way, our education. I mean, I'm just a normally normal guy, but imagine if I lived two thousand years ago, I would have been some kind of amazing genius. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had this idea about Darwin actually recently. You know because I was talking about Darwin. I mean, the guy had, you know, he did well for his time. Yeah. But the little he knew, he did, but he didn't know anything. He knew mm. nothing. And back in, 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 it was 1857 when he wrote that, his book. He, you know, he was just guessing. Mm. But now we know a lot of stuff that he wrote is, is wrong. It's not right. I'm just thinking that's a great analogy to go back. Wouldn't it be just brilliant if you could and what you'd be uh, with all the knowledge we've garnered today? Look, time is going to be this here, but I want to ask you this to finish. Um, the formal church you withdrew from and you invited Jesus in in your own way. The formal church is there, as you say, and people like that and fair juice to everybody that does and what it does for them. But yeah. we, we don't need that. We don't need to come under a banner of a church or anything to invite this Jesus into our lives. No. Mm. No. 
The church is supposed to be a community that supports each other. It's not supposed to be the thing that you worship. And that's the problem is that people are, they're, they believe in the church. Mm. Now, the church is, is, is an institution. It's not God. Mm. So, uh, it's a, yes. a simple thing. I mean, you, my books are available. Yeah. You can go on to Amazon. You can go on to Amazon, put in No Brainer Guide or put in Tom McGuinness. Um, it'll, it'll come up there. You can download them onto your phone for a fiver. And the phone, I, I've recently started reading books on the phone. It's great. Because <laughs> you have it wherever you like. I mean, you could be sitting in a doctor's office. You could maybe 15 minutes. You could read. You know, and these books are not something you've got to read from start to finish. No. I mean, they're not that no-brainer guide to happiness. It says you can read it in three hours. But, I mean, you wouldn't sit down and just read the whole thing. You'd read mm. a chapter. Mm. Maybe come back a few days later and read another chapter. I love them. I love the size of them, though. I have them in my hand here. I have the gospel one and the happiness one here. And they just fit in the palm of your hand. And I have small hands, I have to say, as well. But downloading them is a great option to your phone or whatever device. Listen, you've been so thought-provoking, I have to say. Just one of the comments I've got. Well done for letting that man speak today. Some sense at last on the radio. Tom, I'll be back to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have a good one. You too. Great to chat to you. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Tom McGuinness there. What a fascinating man. Well, so let's just do something that he's been talking about. Mr. Tom Grennan singing about it. Let's spread a little bit of love. Holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end. Trying to find my way back to you, cause I'm needing a little bit of love. Friday last and late lunch, I had the most touching interview and powerful interview with Neve McLaughlin. And uh, she's a woman who found solace in art to help her in her life. She was really challenged. Her mental health challenges were severe and she told us candidly about them. And in the course of the conversation, she mentioned a man who she said was a tremendous help to her. He, he's the man behind Healing Hands and his name is Pat Kelly and nothing would do but I would have a chat with him uh, following on from that in the show and he's uh, on the line. Hello, Pat. Gary, how are you? Lovely to talk to you. And me to you too. Well, look, at you were brought to our attention, as I said, by Neve McLaughlin and uh, I wanted to see really what you were about because when I look at what you do and the testimonials, there are loads of them from people. You cover areas such as stress, anxiety, depression, bereavement, worry, bullying and relationship issues. W- what have you in these healing hands, Pat? Well, Jerry, I, my passion in life has always been helping people. I think it's my country background where growing up, uh, we always helped trashing the neighbours and all of that. And I, I, I love helping people and the satisfaction I get. And I kind of specialise in stress, anxiety, depression and suicide. And last year I completed a Safe Talk training with the HSE, how to talk to people suffering stress, anxiety and suicide. And I also completed Applied Suicide Intervention Skills training with them, and that was in St. Asia's in Port Ram. Jerry, I'm 78 years of age and still doing courses to help people. Ah, you're great, Pat, you really are. But you have something. Can you put your finger on what you have? 
Jerry, I never claim that. I never claim to have anything. But if my clients want to say that, that is up to them. You know what I mean? But I don't make any claims about myself. My passion is helping people and kind of, and what people say, like, that means more to me. I, I would never make claims myself about what I can do or how I can help anybody, you know? Is it, an, I, is it an energy patch you have? You know, just I, I don't want to pry into, you know, what you do when you uh, no. when people go to you. But do, do you lay hands on people? What happens or? Yeah, hands. Oh, the, the session, Jerry, would be I come in, I train in counselling and I, the session comes in and I would meet people at the door. And like People laugh at me, who, other people who do this. You watch, you meet people at the door. Yeah because you welcome them in. You're not ringing the doorbell looking for help. No, you're welcomed in. And I get them to sit down then and kind of, and relaxation and listen to their story. Listen to what's going on for them. Normally the smiles at the door and the minute they come in, uh, the tears start to come and they, 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 they reach for the tissues. But everything is confidential. I just preach that to them all the time. Nothing goes out of this room. Anything you say to me. And teenagers will test you. They will come three or four times and, and oh God, he's okay. He didn't say anything to Ma about that. Or he, he didn't tell anybody. And that's so important that anything that people tell me is confidential. And you do say, and you're quite candid about this, you don't make a claim to anything. And you do say that this does not work for everybody. No, it's just like your doctor, like I me. Mean, you know what I mean? But kind of, yeah, there are people who will come to me and, and I always say to them, you know what I mean? Kind of, if they don't come back, you know what I mean? But not, if I get one person in, Jerry, normally I get five out of it. Mm. You mean, like you say, oh my God, this fellow's great. What does he do? Oh God, I can't really explain to you why he does. But I just felt great coming out. You yes, know? yes. That's what it's about. And I give them lots of time. Mm. Lots of them, all the time they want. You know what I mean? It's, it's not looking at the watch and saying, oh, your time is up now. I'm here for you. And getting them in at a time that suits them, that they're not stressed or anxiety. And, and I have to thank Neve McLaughlin for, uh, for uh, you and I talking today came about because of Neve. Mm. Yes. And, Neve had a breakdown and she came to me when she couldn't eat or sleep and after a session she went home and she slept great and kind of and back eating and I motivated her she is a fantastic artist yeah. I motivated her to get back into her art and and start her art again and she had an exhibition in Drogheda last weekend and her next one is in RDS and uh, people I'm telling you going forward her art is an investment for anyone looking to buy it Pat, what is it about, uh, may I ask you, what is it that, you know, today finds people, uh, you know, worrying so much, stressed, that the anxiety levels are through the roof, and then depression and all that goes around with that? What, what, what is the root cause? The root cause is the, the, the lifestyle that we're living in. You know, I, I never forget hearing the story uh, about a guy who, who came from County Clare and he had come back from America after leaving home uh, to go to America because there, he had a small farm and couldn't make a living on it. And dad died. 
and he came back to run the farm and he had tractors and he had all kinds of machinery and he could never understand that the dad had not only a horse and car and he bought the, the, the creamery cans to the, to, the, to the creamery and he had all day to spend and talk to people and get on and talk to them on the way home. He came home, he had all the, the tractors, everything else, but he hadn't a minute in the day. Yes. And that's what's happening. Mm. That's what's happening. People are stressed that they're trying to work jobs, they're trying to pay for uh, children, kind of, and it's about, like, it's about mindfulness, about switching off the mind. Try and switch that mind off for uh, 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 even five minutes in the day. And I say to people, if you ran your car the way you run your mind, what way would it be? Never switching it off. Now, I did a mindfulness course down in Manute University uh, with Christine Dugley, and I ran a mindfulness group in Arcane where I had 50 people before COVID, and they loved it. It's learning to switch the mind off, mm. focusing on your breath, breathing in, hold, and deep, and breathing out, and feel your breathing out, all the stress, the anxiety, and breathing it out. You I mean, focus on your breath. And people listening maybe to me here now, you just try it. Breathe in, hold, breathe out. Now I'm getting out all of the stress, the anxiety. You know I mean, and kind of that's that's what it's about, like. Mm. Obviously, you use a combination of techniques listening to you there, but I'm getting some comments here already. Anne's been on to say, uh, Jerry, Pat is a fantastic man. I can vouch for it. My husband has been through the mill since late last year and early this year again. Uh, we couldn't get to see uh, Pat, but we, he's actually uh, done brilliant for him with long distance healing. You do that too, do you? Yes, people who can't get they can't get to me, and people who are recommended to me, I I do long distance healing. We're, and I had a lady down in County Mead, and she had a son in Toronto, in Canada, who was going through a difficult time, and I kind of and I did five six sessions distance healing with him, and I have a testimonial from him on my website. You can't believe how he is today. And that's in Toronto in Canada. And he's, he, he promised he'd come over at Christmas to meet me. It didn't happen, but the, you know I mean? But he, he was amazed. Mm. And he was gone into himself and, you know, couldn't, you know, couldn't just lift himself, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's all talking to people, being positive, Jerry. Motivate people. No matter what you're going through, you can come through it. Mm. No matter what it is. You know what I mean? But it's giving them that help, that support, that motivation to lift them and someone there for them. And it's not just coming for the session with me. It's kind of, you can ring me, talk to me, any way I can help you, I'm here for you. There's another one. Pat has an unbelievable energy, Jerry. I've experienced it for myself. I don't know who that's from. It's just come in there. Um, this energy thing. I know you say yourself, you, you haven't said to me what you do or what you have, but obviously in this energy area, you have something. Well, I trained in bioenergy healing, Jerry. Uh, kind of, uh, it's bioenergy. It's working with the energy in your body, working through your hands. And it's called bioenergy in Ireland, but it's it's all over the world in different uh, healing energies. You know, it kind of, it's, it's called different things. And I went to Estepona in Spain with the healing school every year before COVID, and we did a, a week's 
training over there, working with people on the continent, kind of, and learning different healing skills. And I love that. I absolutely, I don't take holidays or anything, but I, I love something like that. And it's every course or that, that I can do to help people, I, I'm going to do it. So your door is open and you said there a moment ago, I remember those words, that no matter how dark the day or the difficult circumstances that people are in today, they may be listening to us, there's always a way out. Absolutely. And I'm big into angels. I'm big into believing that I've been guided all my life by angels. I'm guided to Jerry Kelly today to talk to him on the phone because of the way things worked out with Neve McLaughlin. I get, you know what I mean? And mm. I believe in that. I absolutely believe in that. And I bring that in when I'm working on people, even though they mightn't believe it. But I'm calling on angels to help them. And you get the text or the testimonials or that a few days after. Oh, my God, I can't believe. Wait till I tell you what happened today. Go on, tell me. You know? Yes. Just a quick one there before we finish. For, uh, listen, wants to know, the stress manifests itself in other ways uh, rather than becoming full depression? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's stress, and, and a lot of people will, will come in here kind of maybe suffering bereavement or something like that, and they don't realise that they're under stress. Mm. You know? Mm. Kind of, you know I mean? uh, 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 and it's the kind of... And, and I, I lo- love working with people like that. Like, I worked as a volunteer with the hospice, with Bethany Bereavement, with a lending hand, feeding people, the homeless on the street, with the satisfaction you get from helping people. And I say that to people all the time. Don't just think about yourself. Like, go out and see what you can do for somebody else. Mm. And the, the satisfaction that you will get from that is unbelievable. Pat, how can people get in touch with you? What's the easiest way? Uh, but the phone number is Pat Kelly, uh, 086-402-9909. Uh, email patkelly64 at yahoo.ie. The website is patkellyhealinghands.com. I'm also on Facebook, Pat Kelly Healing Hands, and I have a support group on Facebook for stress, anxiety, depression, and suicide prevention. I've got about a 1,000 people on that, and I, I put up stuff every day on that, Jerry, kind of, for to reach out to people, for, for to help, you know. Anything I can do. Yes. Well, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and uh, people listening to us today, I'm sure there are people who need help there. Uh, Pat, uh, you've given me a couple of verses. I'm going to talk about those in a moment. I'm going to let you go for the moment. Wish you well, and thank you for joining me today. Jerry, it's a pleasure, and thanks to your listeners for listening. Thank you. Pat Kelly there from Healing Hands. Oh, her fans will be very disappointed. Margaret Ann Lake passed away today. Who, you say? Margaret Ann Lake. Yes, better known as Mystic Meg Louise. She died yeah, today. Everybody she, knows Mystic Meg. They do indeed. God, she's been going years and years. She was 80. She passed away today. Lord of mercy in her. 23 um, years she was with the son. And she did the crystal ball on the National Lottery. She did. She did indeed. Is she in the paper today? She is. Have you got well, it handy? Have you? Look, oh, Louise always has I'm everything handy. I'm going to guide you. <laughs> she's in the paper today Fortune Ferreter is going to guide you today. okay so I am a Virgo okay what does it say for me today it says a moon of reinforcing what matters to you most makes this a positive day of fine tuning ambitions the smallest ideas can carry the biggest weight once you consider them closely you have the calm Saturn core to steer a personal or professional group in your direction you choose 
So consider all options. And you're wearing a lovely jacket today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, she hasn't got that in the paper. No, no. You, you just <laughs> added that on. Yes, indeed you have. So there anyway, you go. Anyway, there you are. The moon is mentioned there do, as well. Would you read your horoscopes in a paper today? Uh, no. Does anybody? I didn't even know we might have still I, I, in the paper. I, I, yeah, yeah I might have up. years ago. I think I used to do it on a Sunday news, but the Sunday Times or something in one of the magazines, they had it there. What does your one say? Um... Safin Orla here that's beside me are uh, is are Aries. Aries, okay, Aries. go. Teamwork and cooperation or go it alone? The answer to this question can be different for each occasion, but above all, you need to decide. Don't let everyone else do this for you. If you're in love, speaking straight from the heart is suddenly easier and faster. Single, maybe get back in touch with a tender Pisces. Ooh, love is in the air for Aries mm. today, that's for sure. Ah, oh, Mystic Meg, she'll be missed. She will indeed. Gone today, passed away at the age of 80 years of age. Her name is Margaret Ann Lake, better known as Mystic Meg. There you are. I'd say people still do read horoscopes. Yeah, people oh, do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't know. Yeah, I'd say they do. I'd say people are into them and would still mm. pick up a paper, a, mag- a magazine, and read it. That's right, magazines. I definitely yes. see them more in anyway. Yeah. I would. Mm, there you go, and you'd read them, would you? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> maybe twenty years ago, but okay. Yeah. That's just closed the page on that chapter there. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, wait till I tell you. I'd read you. them and then do the opposite. <laughs> wait till I tell you. Wait till I tell you. Do you know where I was last night? I was in the three arena last night for. <laughs> Mr. George Ezra in concert. Well, 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 let me say. He is, Louise, fantastic. One of the best gigs really? I was ever at, George Ezra, and last night. And you've been to a lot of gigs. And I've been and to a lot, a lot of, of very gigs. much more established yeah. artists. Yes, sold out, jammers, standing and seated. We were in the seated area. Why was I at George Ezra? Well, it's a simple story. Um, little Ava got... Four tickets for George Ezra from Santa Claus, right? You're very good. So she had a spare ticket and she said to me, Aww. Gang, gang, will you come to George Ezra with us? <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> so off I hightailed it with Sarah Kieran and um, herself to George Ezra. And I have to say, I was just thrilled that I was there. He was unbelievable. That man is a special talent. He really is. The place went wild. And you may have seen the reviews today. Yeah. He just... He, He's brilliant. He just... Lo- he and says, he I love playing people. Dublin. He was there last September and back again. But his range of songs, his voice, everything about him, he is a star. A big, big star. And Ava loved him? Loved him. Our first ever time to the Three Arena at seven years of age. First ever concert. Sang all the words of the George Ezra songs, knows them all off. She really does. And was waving the light in our daddy's phone when they had the lights on as well. And up dancing around the place. But I have to say this. We were seated, thousands standing down below, in the seated area. The respect. Nobody stood up and blocked the view. Unlike when I went to see Miss Kylie Minogue a few years ago. And I won't say the name. The disrespect for people, you know, standing mm, up. In front was, of you, blocking yeah, the view. blocking the view. Now, people got up at the end when George asked everybody to stand up. Fair enough. But the respect, and it was a lovely mix of an audience. There I were. was going to ask, if you didn't mind, were you the older? There were the other gang-gangs there as well, let me say. Because he is quite a young person. He is. Artist, isn't and he? you know me. See that heart. There's a real young heart in there. Mm-hmm. You know that. And 
Uh, the world. So you were bopping around like everyone else. Yes, and singing. And I was very familiar with a lot of the songs <laughs> because we hear them here in LMFM's late lunch, of course. And it was just a great evening all around. And it was a lovely mixed generational concert, mm-hmm. I have to say, which was beautiful about it. But George Ezra, thumbs up. If you ever get a chance to go and see him, go see him. He's absolutely he brilliant. He connects the generations. He did. He did. An hour and a half, he played from start to finish and he was just simply terrific. Some new stuff, his oldies, his hits, etc. But anyway... I have to play this one today because it you were is riding. <laughs> it is the Hide song. Yourself. It is the song that he finished the concert with, and it is the song that I know that Ava, you know, first uh, came to George Ezra because of she loves this one, but she loves them all, and all the young people there last night love him and adore him too. Anyway, Mr. George Ezra finished off last evening in the Three Arena with this one. It's uh, one of his great songs. Yes, on late lunch this afternoon, it's Shotgun. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. Joan Murray was on, wishing Brian Murray all the very best. Brian with us, top of the show, with his wife, Una Crawford O'Brien, and the wonderful Deirdre Kinahan. Old song, Half Forgotten, is the new play about Alzheimer's, and Brian lives with Alzheimer's. So many messages about Pat Kelly. Lovely to hear Pat Kelly on your show today. What a gifted man. His healing and support has been fantastic to my daughter. He is, Jerry, a genuine, true healer. And there's a number in that vein as well. Uh, just saying the very same thing. Pat's number, people looking for it too. 086 402 9909. That's Pat Kelly, Healing Hands. 086 402 9909. We've loads of people looking. He gave us two vouchers to give away as well today in the show. I've loads and we're sending them out to two people, I can assure you. Now, time for this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number two from this week in 2004. And, well, it's a song that has an interesting story to it. It's Cha-Cha Slide by American artist DJ Casper. And the song was actually released as a single in August 2004. It spent five weeks on the US charts then, but it only made it to number 83. But it continued to be a chart hit round the world for four years until it eventually topped the UK singles chart in March 2004. Today and this week, it was number two in the charts. It hadn't made top spot at that stage. But again, Scott Mills on BBC Radio 1 promoted the hell out of the song and it made it to top spot in the charts. But today it's number two from this week in 2004, DJ Casper and Cha Cha Slide. This is something new, the Casper Slide Part 2, featuring the Platinum Band. And this time, we're gonna get funky. funky. DJ Casper and Cha Cha Slide, number two this week. In 2004, Louise was just saying to me that'd make a great track for a fitness or an exercise class. Look out, hot yoga next Monday. <laughs> DJ 
Casper on his way with Cha Cha Slide. Yes, the two in the charts from this week will be bringing our number one on the show tomorrow afternoon. Want to mention a lovely couple because they're celebrating their 49th wedding anniversary today and they're great listeners to LMFM Radio. They really are. Yes, Tommy and Sheila O'Rourke in Italy. Happy anniversary to both of you. 49 years. Fantastic. And uh, we got the little heads up there from your daughter, Emma, and she just wants to wish you from all your children and all of the rest of the family the happiest of happy anniversaries. Well done to both of you. Congratulations to Tommy and Sheila O'Rourke. Great listeners to LMFM in Italy. Final break of the afternoon and we're heading to Dundalk where something very precious has been returned to Levy's Pharmacy. Margaret Roddy has a fantastic story in this week's Argus newspaper and we're just picking up on it here and I always do say to you support local support your local newspapers because when they're gone they'll be gone they're another part of life that are very very important Dermot is on the line with me Dermot Levy from Levy's Pharmacy on Clambrassel Street Hi Dermot Hi Jerry. Listen, this is a story and a half. Tell our listeners about this Santa Claus figure. When when was it uh, in the Levy business first? Well, the Levy was in the Levy business uh, from the early 30s. I mean, we came here in 31, so it was some time after that that my grandfather got him. And uh, I think he's the first electrical sanity in Dundalk, possibly in the country, but certainly Dundalk. So based on that, he's... he's He's in his nineties now, mm. I'd say, mm. and he's all part of the part of the part of the family here. All the staff were devastated when he was missing. It's like a death in the family, you know, because <clears throat> he'd been in the window for 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 the enjoyment of generations of people of Dundalk. Right? Yeah. So just you know, we're just we're just thrilled to have him back. So we are. So a German-made Santa electrified mm. from the 1930s. Your grandfather John uh, brought him to the shop. Then it, it passed on to your father Owen. It's now yours. What happened that the, the Santa went missing, and when did he go missing? He went missing in January 2015. What happened was we had um, the, the the insurers who insured the building. They pulled out of Ireland, and it wasn't anything to do with Brexit or anything like that. I just think they weren't making any money. And so our uh, insurance broker got us another insurance company, but they wanted to send in an assessor to know what would be taken on. And he came in and he looked at the place in November, and he said, OK, you have to put in a few fire doors, you have to put in fire-resistant slabbing on exposed beams in the back store, a fire alarm, and... Um, Clear out an awful lot of show cards, old invoices, and some material in there that could be flammable and could be a fire hazard. Mm. So that work we were undertaking to do that in January after Christmas. And uh, as things happened, it became ill on the Saturday. Then, then on the Monday, the contractors were the electricians and builders and um, builders um, labourers. And the girl who was on the photographic counter, she was uh, scheduled to have her a holiday that week, right? So I'm st- stuck to the counter. They're both not in, not in the shop. Stuff is going out the door and it's going to landfill and we didn't realise afterwards that this box went out with them, even though it had on the written, Don't, do not throw out, uh, Santi, and it was... You see, he was always put in the window by Aidan. 
Yes. Uh, he was given that responsibility by my father. Put it in and take him out. He's your man. So we did that and put him in the store every year. Not a problem. It's just the perfect storm that happened this time mm. where there was, we were 10 on the ground and by the time we realised Durka had went looking for something and realised Sadie isn't where he's supposed to be, oh. we searched all around and I phoned the contractor and the contractor said, well, everything that we took out went to landfill. Oh, so they God. went out and they went looking for it and they couldn't find it. Mm. So, um, I mean, they were, they were trying to get it, do as much for me as possible. So we had different people in the building at the, at the one time, you know, so it was like, and not realising he was gone on the day, but I didn't believe he'd ever be put in landfill because you'd open the box and you'd say, no, we're not chucking that. Yeah. You know I mean? So, uh, so I don't know where he ended up, but we have him back now, you know, <laughs> years later, and that's all, that, that's all I'm... That's all you're happy about. Do you, have, do you have any clue of where he resided in the meantime and the person who returned him, do you know who that is? Oh, I do, and I know he was genuine, right? Yeah. I mean, he he had mentioned to me about four years ago that he he thought he saw him, and he obviously was correct. He did. So it took him that long to, you know, convince whoever had him to part company with him so he could return him. Yeah. So Christmas 2023, and I'm jumping way ahead here, will be a very special one in Levy's because Santa, the original Santa from the 1930s, will make his return. This is going to be great. Yeah, I don't know. We're all looking forward. We're going to put him in a wee bit earlier because there was a lady who would come in to me. Uh, she was obviously born in Tadok, but she'd immigrated to America. But as a child, she remembered the Sandy, and she'd come home around the Thanksgiving holiday and obviously then come go back to America for Christmas. So she asked me would I would we put him in, be, you know, before she returned home. So now, with COVID and him missing, I haven't seen that lady in... A number of years, so I'm not sure whether she's still travelling or not. But if she is, rest assured, she won't have to come in and ask me. We'll have it in uh, round about the Thanksgiving weekend in the States and he'll stay in the window until uh, Christmas Eve and then Aiden, Aiden will take him out as usual. <laughs> he normally comes out of the window on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Stored safely, we have a new glass cabinet for him and he's, and he's in a different different part of the building, more secure. Isn't that just great? What I'm a wonderful... Again. Oh, no, David, no, no, no. Never again, Re- reunited forevermore. And what an occasion to look forward to later on in the year. It's a great story. Well done to Margaret Roddy. Has it in the Argus this she week. She weaved that story beautifully. Yes. Because she was able to mention all the people who have played a part in Santi over the years, mm. right? And the people of Dundalk who were coming in and asking where he's, you know, wish, hope you get him back because, as I believe, he's Dundalk, Sandy. And yes. he belongs in a shop window for the children of Dundalk and the future generations to see him. And not to be stuck in someone's house, you know, where, you know, he's more or less hidden away. Yes. And my, my main concern was not to do anything the first year and hoping that someone would, with no heat on, be foolish enough to put him on display and then... People would say, when following Christmas, I put on my photograph that Arthur Kinahan had taken of myself and Bessanti years ago when the August did an article on him. Yeah. I think when, when he was about his age. And uh, I put that in and just said, Dundalk's second, second favourite Santi, missing since uh, January 2015. Can you help me? He's find him. So there was a lot of people asking and everything else. And as I say, he's, he's back now, but he's the people's Santi. And she wove that story brilliantly because... There were so many people praying for him and wishing him, wishing us that we'd get him back every Christmas when the when the the earth was standing in and the photograph of me and the and the 
the appeal mm. on the on the page. So it didn't go on there for years. No. And, you know, as I said, he's the town snanty. He, he is. just happened to be in our window. He is. He is indeed. Dermot, great story. Thank you so much for telling it so eloquently today and we look forward to later in the year and his return. Thanks a million, Dermot. Well, Jerry, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Not at all. And I'm thanking the people of Dundalk and especially that man who got, who got him back for me. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Jerry. Absolutely. Take care. Take care, Dermot. Bye-bye. That's Dermot Levy there from the wonderful Levy's Pharmacy on Clambrassel Street in Dundalk. Finishing the show today with a wonderful, uplifting story. Well, that's it on Late Lunch today. And for me, for this week I'm off tomorrow but I ask you to do join us tomorrow on Late Lunch for the return of somebody very special to the show yes she's raring to go she's back in the hot seat tomorrow you love her I promise you and uh, I wish her well sitting in for me tomorrow afternoon I'll be uh, back with you on Monday please God have uh, a lovely weekend in the meantime Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio take care of yourself see you then Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.